Theraxis, who rules over the human world. Accept what he forces upon you, since he is the master of life of this world, and none can escape him. Call Young, the Red Book. Greetings mortals and welcome back to the channel. I am your host Simon, and in today's video we will finally be discussing the figure I used for my logo. That is, Abraxas of course. Abraxas is a being that is supposed to be above duality, above God and Satan. He is the great judge who arbitrates between benevolence and malevolence, between the supreme good and the cardinal evil. Carl Jung is one of my biggest idols. His intelligence and wisdom cannot be understated. So I will of course be using a lot of quotes from him in this video, as he wrote greatly on the topic. This is a God whom ye know not, for mankind forgot it. We name it by its name, Abraxas. It is more indefinite still than God and Devil, Carl Jung. I find it interesting that Hermes also shares in the archetype that Abraxas embodies, as a great judge and as a liminal deity, as both savior and divine trickster. Abraxas is often portrayed as rooster-headed. This was of course one of the animals associated with Hermes as well. It can be seen as a solar symbol, as roosters of course crows at the coming dawn. I have come to connect Jesus with Hermes, and in turn we come to connect Jesus with Abraxas. The Plancy states that their view was that Jesus Christ was merely a benevolent ghost sent on earth by Abraxas. Abraxas ties neatly into the problem of squaring the circle. The square and the circle are complete opposites. One represents matter, the square, and the other symbolizes spirit, the circle. Squaring the circle is logically impossible. This makes Abraxas a symbol of the impossible and the paradoxical. The creator who creates himself. He is above and beyond the square and the circle, making him a transcendent deity just like our old friend Hermes, standing at the threshold between opposites. Like I have previously mentioned, this archetype of Hermes is the S silver lining in the yin and the yang. He represents the whole, that which is complete, that which is perfect. Not the left hand or the right hand of God, but the head, the central principle of infinite possibilities, from which all created things has its origins. Abraxas is an important figure in Carl Jung's 1916 book Seven Sermons of the Dead, a representation of the driving force of individuation, synthesis, maturity, oneness. Referred with the figures of the driving forces of differentiation, emergence of consciousness and opposites. Helios, God, the Son, and the Devil. That which is spoken by God the Son is life. That which is spoken by the Devil is death. 
Abraxas speaketh that hallowed and accursed word, which is life and death at the same time. Abraxas begetteth truth and lying, good and evil, light and darkness in the same word and in the same act. Wherefore is Abraxas terrible? Call young. Epiphanius appears to follow partly Irenaeus, partly the lost compendium of Hippolytus. He designates Abraxas more distinctly as the power above all and first principle, the cause and first archetype of all things, and mentions that Basilidans referred to 365 as the number of parts, mealy, in the human body, as well as of days in the year. The author of the appendix to Tertullian da Presker, Heyer, who likewise follows Hippolytus' compendium, adds some further particulars, that Abraxas gave birth to the mind, Nous, the first in the series of primary powers enumerated likewise by Irenaeus and Epiphanius, that the world as well as the 365 heavens was created in honor of Abraxas, and that Christ was sent not by the maker of the world but by Abraxas. Nothing can be built on the vague allusions of Jerome, according to whom Abraxas meant to Basilides the greatest god the highest God, the Almighty God, and the Lord, the Creator. There is a God about whom you know nothing, because men have forgotten him. We call him by his name, Abraxas. He is less definite than God or Devil. Abraxas is activity. Nothing can resist him but the unreal. Abraxas stands above the Son, God, and above the Devil. If the Pleroma were capable of having a being, Abraxas would be its manifestation. Call Young. Pleroma, the word literally means fullness, from the word plero, to fill, from pleres, full. Like Young said, the Pleroma can be seen as the father of Abraxas, which in turn is the father of Jesus, or is co-identified with him, her, as the god Hermes, or as the angel Metatron, which was said to be the closest soul to God, as Mercury is the closest celestial body to the Sun. In this sense, I guess Abraxas can also be seen as a solar deity with his rooster head, as well as a lunar one, as in the case of Toth. In the esoteric, the lunar and the solar are seen as polar opposites. One is hot and the other cool. The marriage of the sun and the moon. It takes place in man when the heart and mind are united in eternal union. It takes place when the positive and negative poles are united within. And from this union comes the Philosopher's Stone, Manly P. Hall. 
The first and the highest aspect of God is described by Plato as the One, the Source, or the Monad. This is the God above the Demiurge, and manifests through the work of the Demiurge. The Monad emanated the Demiurge, or Nous, consciousness, from its indeterminate vitality, due to the Monad being so abundant that it overflowed back onto itself, causing self-reflection. This self-reflection of indeterminate vitality was referred to by Plotinus as the Demiurge, or Crater, who in Platonic thought is not thought to be evil, as many Gnostic sects proposed, but is purely benevolent. That God may be distinguished from it, we name God Helios, or Sun. Abraxas is effect. Nothing standeth opposed to it, but the ineffective. Hence, its affected nature freely unfolded itself. The ineffective is not, therefore resisteth not. Abraxas standeth above the sun, and above the devil. It is improbable probability, unreal reality. Had the Pleroma a being, Abraxas would be its manifestation. It is the effective itself. Not any particular effect, but effect in general. It is unreal reality, because it hath no definite effect. It is also creatura, because it is distinct from the paroma. The sun hath a definite effect, and so hath the devil. Wherefore, they do appear to us more effective than indefinite abraxas. It is force, duration, change. Call Young, the seven sermons of the dead. Abraxas is the one and the many, the male and the female, the negative and the positive, the beastly and the human, the ugly and the beautiful, the terrible and the awe-inspiring. He is the depth of despair and also religious ecstasy. Abraxas, like any angel or messenger, has to tell you not to be afraid, for his presence is all-encompassing, awe-inspiring, and equally horrific and terrible. To look upon the face of the Godhead means destruction to all but the immortal gods. I would like to, maybe somewhat wishfully, connect Abraxas with the Hindu concept of Brahman, as I see many similarities between their descriptions. Brahman, which is the immaterial, efficient, formal and final cause of all that exists. It is the pervasive, infinite, eternal truth, consciousness and bliss, which does not change, yet is the cause of all changes. I would argue that that which is beyond duality is divine ecstasy. Many have of course argued that the eternal truth and foundation of the universe is bliss and love. I do not see why Abraxas would be any different. As in the story of Goldilocks and the three bears, we humans do not like when something is too hot or too cold. <laughs> 
we require the temperature to be neutral. And does this not describe Abraxas exactly? When put in a floating tank, the temperature is set so that it matches the temperature of your body. This makes it so you can barely feel the water pressing against your skin, giving you the illusion of floating. Hence the name, floating tank. So neutrality might actually be the highest bliss there is. When you are in a flow state, is when you seem to flow through life. From neutrality comes infinite possibilities. By not denying anything, it allows for everything. Hard to know is the deity of Abraxas. Its power is the greatest, because man perceiveth it not. From the sun he draweth the summum bonum, highest good. From the devil the infinum malum, lowest evil. But from Abraxas life, altogether indefinite, the mother of good and evil. Smaller and weaker life seemeth to be than the summum bonum, wherefore it is also hard to conceive that Abraxas transcendeth even the sun in power, who is himself the radiant source of all the force of life. Abraxas is the sun, and at the same time the externally sucking gorge of the void, the belittling and dismembering evil. The power of Abraxas is twofold, but ye see it not, because for your eyes the warring opposites of this power are extinguished. Call Young, the seven sermons of the dead. I want to end by sharing some gnosis my Templar Grandmaster, Timothy Hogan, was so nice as to share with me. Quote, According to traditional Gnostic doctrine, Abraxas was the son of Sophia, Wisdom. He was born as an Archon, whose job it was to keep people enslaved to matter. However, with time, even Abraxas attained Gnosis. And now he points the way to help others attain Gnosis. The sections of his body represent the different stages of psychological identification with the elements, culminating in calling out the light, or Gnosis. Abraxas is a product of the human soul. Timothy Hogan, current Grandmaster of the Knights Templar. This is the end. My only friend, the end. I had a lot of fun writing this one, as I got to bring up our favorite deity Hermes in a hopefully interesting way. I want to thank you all for listening. If you feel that my contribution to the esoteric has been valuable, then feel free to return the favor by becoming one of my Patreons. Also, of course, a big thank you to everyone who is currently supporting me on Patreon. May Abraxas light your path forward, and I will see you in the next broadcast, mortals.